Right. So uh, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to listen to listen to this podcast series. We've got a few that we're going to put together for you today and record uh, back to back. And um, I'm joined here today with Henrik from SAP Concur, and I'll let him introduce himself, but I'll start with <laughs> introducing myself, and that's uh, a principal analyst here at Forrester. I, I look after employee experience on the future of work research team here. I serve primarily C-level executives, and so um, you could say that my research stands at the intersection between organizational behavior and psychology and technology. So try to help companies create places where people not only want to stay for a long time, but will do the best work they're capable of. So uh, that's my passion, and I'm honored to be here. Henrik, how about you? Yes, hi, Henrik from Moheim. Um, I'm with Subconquer, and I'm the uh, responsible vice president for product strategy at Subconquer and as such are responsible for product developments, year to the market, seeing what's going on, reacting to this one. And um, so very happy to have the conversations today. Maybe I'll transition to one more area here. Um, and just maybe it's an area where we could talk about stuff that we haven't, necess haven't brought up so far. Um, so, Here's a couple of things that have been sort of floating around in my head as a result of, of this, um, of this you know, process so far. I'd make an observation. I, I mentioned earlier that I, I serve primarily C-level executives. And so um, in those calls, I just, I'll just, I just make an observation from all those calls that there seems to be two intentions, right, with, with what these executives are trying to achieve. Some of them uh, want to have everybody back in the office as quickly as they can. Uh, Netflix's CEO has gone on record as saying um, that he wants people back in the office 12 hours after there's a, there's a vaccine. They, they laughed and said, he knows that's not realistic, but really he wants people back um, because he believes that they're more effective and that's part of their culture. We could discuss the, you know, the reality of that and the biases that are in that, but that's another discussion. There's un then the other kind of executives that are saying that uh, they want to keep people working away from the office indefinitely if they can, that they don't want people to have to come back to the office, that they want to bring, build capabilities to make the remote work experience or the experience while working on the go um, uh, even better in some ways than being together. Um, there are benefits to working remotely in terms of being able to find focus time, being able to find if you're lucky enough to have a home where you can work and, you, and you're not distracted, um, you know, there can be some real benefits to it. So there's those two sides, right? People that want to come back to the office and want leaders that want people to come back to the office and then leaders who don't. And some of that's being driven by commercial real estate. So if they've, they've, if they've recently signed a contract for a, you know, a big new office campus, they want people in that office as quickly as possible. Or if they've got some that are coming up for renewal, they're not necessarily in a hurry. Part of it's also being driven by talent. Um, they can have access to a broader range of talent. You can get a, if you're willing to support remote work effectively, you can get a data scientist from Silicon Valley working for your company when you wouldn't have been able to do that before if you didn't have an effective way of being able to support that person. So. You know, there's pros and cons, but that there, it, I guess what I'm saying is, is at the top right now, like the senior most executive is the one who is really making that determination about what that intention is going to be. And I'm encouraging our clients to pay attention to what that intention is from, uh, you know, from the CEO and, and, you know, put plans in place accordingly. We see this, this, this scenario around the world um, and just different views. I mean, Siemens for Germany, for example, announced that employees have the choice for unlimited time to, to say what is best fitting for them. So working two hour, two days in the office and three days from home, etc. 
and it shows also a little bit uh, trust into employees because yes. uh, for a long time this home office had and uh, maybe not political correct to say this but it is a little bit this touchy feeling someone mm -hmm. is working from home and any creates a stamper activity as you said before people want to be seen etc can i how can i prove that i'm not sitting at home and do nothing but that and, and we see this with, with a lot of companies around the world that, that they really have these two things one is really getting people back to the office but also for us for them to to um, have customers of them visit them huh? I mean, there's also this whole thing of when can my customers visit me or vice versa, when can I visit my customers and when are they ready to, to have the meetings or that, or which sometimes it's also a blocker for all these companies because, so I understand the Netflix uh, CEO because on the one side, if some of the large uh, studios, et cetera, want to meet with them at, uh, very difficult if you don't have the people in the room, etc. You want to have this this discussion not from uh, Zoom all the time. On, on the other side, companies say, "Hey, if you have a job where you don't need to meet daily with your other colleagues or can do this wonderful Zoom things here, um, then yes, maybe that that's the right thing." And and, and CEOs, I hundred percent confirm from what you say and. Uh, in, in some of my 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 connections, etc., then I see and I hear what they're thinking about this one. Also, SAP, as as you know, is one of the ones who says stay at home. But for the ones who want to go to office, offices, most office locations have reopened, and some takes us because they cannot focus at home at work yeah, because there's too much trouble or. And not everybody has an office at home. I mean, no. <laughs> and sitting in the kitchen for the rest of the life is also nothing they really want to do on a on a regular basis. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly that's exactly right. And so a lot of a lot of people have kids at home. You know, more demands. Um, you know, it's uh, one of the one of the disturbing things that we've been seeing though is a lot of our clients have been asking about. Kind of goes back to something you said, which is how can I make sure that my employees are doing their jobs when they're not in the office? How can I monitor their activity and monitor what they're doing to uh, to, to to decide? And um, this is one that's a, this is a slippery slope um, because if you get this wrong and and people don't trust your intentions, it's going to work against you. So um, so my my standard response is that's the wrong question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and then I, you know, we'll get into some of the reasons why they want to, why they want to do it, what they're looking into and so on. Um, but there are tools that will let you do that, but it's not necessarily the, the, the right way to go. My advice to them has been to say, look, your managers are your best thing here, right? Um, you know, ideally if you're managing, managing people well by agreement, really, which is, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to accomplish in the next two weeks? Are people doing what they're getting done, what they say they're going to do or not? You're going to know that your managers will be able to tell you that. And if there's problems, you know, look into them openly and with genuine curiosity, um, you know, what's really going on. That person might have a legitimate situation at home that's causing them to, from, you know, from being able to be as effective as they otherwise would be. And the other thing that I always raise is never confuse activity with results. Just because you find, you're, you may have tools that will tell you, you've got people working 10 hours a day. 
that has nothing to do with how effectively they're using those 10 hours. <laughs> right? And they know exactly yeah. how, if, if yeah. they don't want to be proactive, but want to, that everybody sees they are productive. I mean, yes, it's easy to say I'm busy on, on Teams. I start something and then I go out of the yeah. call to myself. So, so there are tricks. And, and that is exactly then the negative impact you can 100% agree you can get uh, when you put it from the wrong point of view. It's more or less, how can I support you? Okay, I have no problems, except of when, when we have to have the calls that, that you work to at different times, et cetera. I know. I'm, I'm currently here in Bellevue, but I have a lot of call, calls with Europe. So I start my day fairly early in, in, in yeah, the US uh, and <laughs> yeah. then finish at, at lunchtime. And um, the normal eight hours or nine hours working policy is, is just getting completely changed. And I think if, if, if companies adapt this, as you said, that then, then this, is, this is a huge thing. And we see a lot of companies rethinking this one. Yeah. Gaining also trust in the employees, it's similar to travel policy. Huh? Yeah. You have companies, you had companies who, who once you went one cent over the lowest logical fare, they, they wanted to have a, a policy process like, hey, 25 approvals, et cetera. And now you see more and more companies trusting their employees that they want to do the right thing because there's also high appreciation that I still have my job. A lot yeah. of companies and a lot of employees realize, hey, it's, it's good. I still have a job and it's, it's good. Yeah. So I want to give back also what the company is giving to me in these kind of strange times. Yeah? And, and so you see a lot of, of, of positive uh, trust to each other. And, and yes, the manager is the one who knows what's going on. And the manager, in my opinion, is also the one who needs to jump in and say, hey, you work, I see emails from you coming in for it's a morning and at eight in the evening. Um, it's okay for a few days, but keep in mind, there is something else in work now. And yeah. this work-life balance thing is something we see. Yeah, some people need some guidance sometimes to not completely forget that the office is just two, two feet away and from, from, from the living room and so they work more than they should. Yeah. There's a there's a big gap between workaholism and being truly engaged. Uh, there's a lot of science. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's true. But you know, I'll tell you one more one more quick data point here uh, because you said you said this idea of autonomy, right? It turns out that autonomy is the strongest predictor of engagement in our employee experience index, you know, by a pretty significant margin. So when you give people the freedom to decide how best to do their job, booking travel, for example, that that suits their schedule the best, or uh, you know, giving them more flexibility and less policy. It, it dry, it's, it's, a, it's a form of autonomy, and that's a motivator, right? That will foster engagement. If you're going to nickel and dime people and make it very difficult for them to do, do things that are really in the best interest of both them and the company, and they're in a good position to know that, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it can be a challenge. So, yeah, another one is, uh, another predictor is, you know, having a manager that does a good job of living the company's values. And so, you know, having a good manager that will give you that support and, uh, and truly live the values of the company is another strong predictor of engagement. So, yeah, lots of good stuff here. And I, I think, you know, my, my perception is, is that um, companies, because our inquiry volume here has been so high, the companies are taking employee experience seriously now, even those that weren't before 
are taken seriously and uh, and are looking into it more and making investments here. So that's good. As you said, we have many, many different, from a travel perspective, also different companies that takes us on a different level. But the trust in the employees and that they do the, the right thing and want to do the right thing and that they don't want to, to fly this later flight on their preferred airline just because they want to do this, but that there's also some scheduling ideas or that they can get other things then done. Or very simple. I, I think for a long time, travel managers said, oh gosh, now they get an upgrade. But if I pay and I can fly with my preferred airline and get an upgrade to first class, the company policies economy, and it, it is $5 more, $20 more for the ticket, I appreciate as employee and I'm willing to, to work longer and take things easier because they know that the company recognizes that I have some, some needs yeah? and, and who is not does not like to fly first class uh, on the other side. But then, you know, it, it's this balancing, it's this trust that people want to do the right thing. And for the ones who don't want to write the things, there are other, things to, to do and, and, and other possibilities to find them out. Completely agree. Well, uh, Hendrik, I wish you safe travels. And, uh, you know, and I know that you're out there flying around and I'm not right now. Um, we will be soon, I'm sure. But I, I wish you safe travels, stay safe. And uh, I've enjoyed this discussion very much and hopefully our listeners have as well. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for, for this great discussion. Um, I enjoyed it very much. and. Uh, up to now, I was lucky. I stayed safe, so I hope my next travel stay also safe. Thank Good. You. All right.